the 2020 Threat Intelligence Index Report from IBM X-Force. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Christopher Scott, Global Remediation Lead, IBM X-Force Incident Response and Intelligence Services. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Tanya, for having me. Absolutely. What do, you, what do your teams do at IBM X-Force? Uh, the IBM X-Force IRIS team is responsible for incident response services. So think about it when a company gets attacked, we fly in and start to remove an attacker. And we integrate that with our Intel team so that we're able to understand the attackers, their tactics, their techniques, their processes, which really helps us solve those uh, issues faster and help companies be very proactive with their security based on intelligence of the attackers. IBM X-Force just released its 2020 Threat Intelligence Index report. Give us a background on the report and why did you what did you study exactly and what was the scope of the research? In some cases, we saw attackers that were using vulnerabilities that have been in existence since 2007 that have already been patched and people just were not focusing on getting those patches in place. And just think about that. We have criminals that are taking intellectual property from companies. They're removing uh, the valuable information from these companies and we could have patched to stop that. And so how do we help companies focus on making sure that they're doing the things that are necessary to protect their intellectual property? You looked at hundreds of thousands of incidents, correct? I'm not sure we could say hundreds of thousands. It does get into the, you know, into the hundreds and thousands of incidents. Uh, hundreds of thousands, no, uh, but not the size of incidents, but the amount of records. I mean, there were eight and a half billion records lost, which is, it's like an immense amount of data. And 86% of those, 7.4 billion, was from misconfigured cloud services. So not only were we missing the patch aspect of things, but misconfigurations were this loss of immense PII information or you know, information on our customers just from misconfigurations. Let's talk about some of the highlights, if you will. Um, start with the phishing attacks. Yeah, so phishing, when we looked back to phishing, as I said earlier with the missing patches, 90% of phishing attacks focused on two vulnerabilities in Microsoft Word. Those two patches from 2017 were not actually patched in a lot of cases. So attackers don't have to work very hard to get into environments. If we're not raising the bar, they don't have to work as hard and they're only gonna work as hard as they need to. So when we don't put patches, we don't fix vulnerabilities, they're not gonna have to work hard and use a zero day or, or try another means of attack, they're gonna use whatever works. And the fact that 90% of the malware-based phishing attacks we saw were using this vulnerability, these two vulnerabilities in Word, shows me that we're not raising the bar hard enough for an attacker. What role did automation play in, in the cyber attacks? I'm not sure that, like. The automation aspect, I always think of it this way. We have creative attackers and we have creative humans. That initial like sending of spam or spear phishing type aspect, that some of that may be automated, but that's just the initial piece. We need to focus on gathering and, and finding that attack when it happens. What is the technology we can put in place to detect it early and then let our creative people then be able to respond. So I see automation very focused in that early stage, kind of the, the spray and pray that you may have heard as a, a phrase. And then when they get in a, a footprint or in essence a foothold in an environment, they're able to work through that. And that's where we have creative human versus creative human. And we wanna focus then on how do we augment our creative humans, right? How do we add artificial intelligence and processes to make 
our defenders faster than our attackers. Do certain industries maybe seem to be more attacked than others? We did see uh, financial services continues to lead the front, and I think that you see that because there is money to be won there. We also are seeing retail move up in the numbers, right? Retail has moved up to number two. And when we think about retail organizations, you think of point of sale processes, people where you can, places where you can get credit card swipes to gather information on credit card numbers. And you're seeing a lot of, you know, retail organizations as they become more worldwide, their networks are connected. So if I get into one point of sale system here, I can maybe migrate across to other point of sale systems. Or if I can get into a central location where a lot of that processing happens, I'm then able to gather information from a central location as all the information is pulled across the world into one place. What have you documented regarding ransomware? Ransomware is unique. We're actually seeing a combination where financial crime, in set, like when you think of banking trojans, Ryuk, I'm not Ryuk, I mean Emitat and TrickBot, as being an, a place where they gather all of this information to steal banking login information and take financial information. And then they're able to actually sell that access either to other attackers or use that, that access for themselves to deploy ransomware. So imagine you know, that an employee gets tricked into installing something through for a spearfish and gets a banking trojan. And they start to lose financial information, they start to lose money, but then that attacker sells that access to another attacker who could then encrypt and do ransom on the business. In essence, you're seeing two attacks through the process and significantly more loss to a business, all starting from a financial crime. What security recommendations can you offer from your data? So I look at lots of different ways. We want to layer. We want to give ourselves a bigger chance to stop the attackers. And one of the ways that we do that is we get visibility. So look at different ways to look at visibility in the environment, to look at behaviors. It's really hard to focus on like a particular hash to like to protect from a hash, but I can look at how do I look at credential theft and is that okay? And then if we think about our environments, we have these environments where we have one user who has access to everything. Why does one user have access to everything in today's environments? I know that's the default, but it's actually very easy for us to design a permission level control on where things should be able to go. And we should be able to do that across all types of platforms. Um, the other thing is making sure you patch. Now patching does not solve the zero day issue. And if you have a zero day issue, that's where we talk about visibility and control and being able to respond. But once a patch is released, there are a whole bunch of attackers who will be able to build malware based upon what that patch fixes. So when you know a patch is released, you need to patch because you have a whole nother set of attackers coming after you. Christopher Scott, Global Remediation Lead, IBM X-Force, Incident Response, and Intelligence Services. If somebody wants to connect with you, Chris, what's the best way they can do that? The best way to reach out is ibm.com underneath security services. There you go. And find more of my interviews right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.